Welcome to the Toka Backstage Podcast. Join Toka's Executive Director, Chris Wolf, in conversations with the artists and people behind the scenes of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation's performances and events. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Toka Backstage. This is Chris Wolf, the Executive Director of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation, and it is my extreme pleasure to have Josh Jocelyn Argetta and Steve Cisneros. They are actually from Phantom Projects Theater Group, right? Correct. And they are the creators of Jargi the Science Girl. Yay! We are really <laughs> happy to have this show coming up. We've actually had a couple of science shows before, but they're always guys. I'm tickled pink that we're going to have a, a woman <laughs> scientist. So let me just say real off the top that it's January 26th at 2 and 5 at the Armstrong Theater. Tickets are available. You can just click on our on our website and get tickets. So, Jocelyn, let's start with you. How did you find out that this is what you wanted to do? Well, I, you know, I've always loved both sides of it. I mean, my background's in, in science. So I have a degree in biochem. I worked in research for years. And um, on my free time, I would do theater. And one of the places I started was Phantom Projects as a performer. And so it was always a divide in my life. It was always the struggle of going to the lab in the mornings, and I loved it, loved asking questions and, and being at the forefront of discovery. Then at night, I would love rehearsal and performing and getting into different characters and getting to be around such a creative environment. But when I'd go home, the struggle was, why can't I do both? You know, why can't I spend all my time doing both? So I've always known that I loved both sides of it. I love science and I love theater. And it just so happened, I vented to Steve one day and said, why not put them together and create our own science show? That's the best of both worlds. And it's been fantastic. I think you speak volumes to young girls out there who question if they can do it all, but you're a prime example that yes, girls can do it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with science and theater, there's so much overlap. They're both such creative fields that sometimes it doesn't to me it doesn't feel like they're so different and I think that's the important part of blending your passions is finding finding that overlap okay you just said something that that piqued my curiosity you said science is a creative field to me I've always envisioned science as sort of like this is the rule this is science that is it but it's you say it's creative how so Absolutely. So I think when we learn it in school, the very first time we're introduced to science, it does feel very rigid because there are principles we have to learn. We're learning about how the world operates as far as we come to know it. But science, when you go to apply it, is very creative. When you're in the lab and you're designing experiments, you're asking questions that people have never asked before. It's up to you and your creativity to find the experiment that's going to answer that question the best. And so in that sense, it's, it's extremely creative. You always have to think outside the box. And that's how we have to work as human beings. We have to think outside the box to kind of forward our society, engineers, scientists, doctors, either. We're always trying to push the boundary of what we know. And so it, it does exercise that, that kind of creativity. Awesome. So Steve, Bannon Project Works uh, Theater Group. What, I have to confess, I know just a little bit from watching uh, 
or getting mailings from uh, the theater and, and, and the group and seeing stuff online. Tell me about the, the group. Sure. So Phantom Projects, this is our 23rd season now. We're based here in La Mirada, California, not too far from Torrance. And our goal and mission has always been to use the performing arts as a way to educate, teach, reach, motivate our audiences. And uh, so we choose shows based on uh, either literature. You know, we have shows that are geared that our middle school and high schools are reading. So by doing that, we get to excite young people about not only the book they're reading, but the performing arts. And it's a new way of seeing that stuff kind of come to life. So we find um, shows that will definitely inspire the audiences. We started off doing shows towards middle school, high school audiences, then branched off toward the elementary level, which is why Jargy fits in so perfectly. And, you know, science for me growing up was not something I was interested in. I heard it kind of like you did. It was very rigid and very opposite from the arts. And, and so the idea of doing a science show was something I never thought would be on my radar ever, but working with Jocelyn, she's such a great writer, she's a great performer, um, and having that conversation, it just seemed like a natural fit to, to make this part of what we do as an organization. You know, seeing the audiences, I mean, even I learned from it. In rehearsals, we laugh all the time, but I'm, I'm like, wait, what was that? How did we do that? To explain, oh my gosh, that's so cool, you know? So I'm constantly learning from our own show, even though I've seen these experiments a hundred times now, it still kind of excites me and able to see it through the eyes of a child in a sense. So that's always our goal is to, is to how do we not only get somebody in the audience and enjoy live theater, but how do we get them to walk away inspired by something they saw? So we do shows also about, let's say, racism and bullying and, and eating disorders. So again, something where a young person can watch it and walk away feeling motivated to take action in their life. And, and with Jargi, even though it's not as dramatic as those topics are, young kids are walking away and to find the science around them. I think it's the coolest part of the show, aside from Jocelyn, you know, as a female Hispanic scientist, the other cool part is the kids walk away recognizing science in their daily lives, as opposed to just in the lab. And I think that's the coolest thing that I like watching the audiences react to. We've had kids run to afterwards with a soda bottle saying, oh, look, I created bubbles just like you did. And right away, they're like seeing things that an hour before they didn't know was around them. You know, they didn't know that science was in their everyday activities. And that's what I love watching. And that's the motivation behind this show for the audiences is the motivation to put science all around them. So, Well, and it seems to me that, I mean, ha having helped raise two kids, it's, I mean, you're, as a parent, you're always asked these questions like, you know, why does the sea have waves or what causes waves or why does this happen or what is, what, what's the cause of that? As a parent, you just kind of go, uh, because, I don't know. But to have a scientist explain things in a real fun manner, I think kids grasp it better because, A, they can see it, and it's being explained to them at a level that they understand, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, we, st we definitely start with things that they're familiar with, concepts, um, things that they see in their everyday life. There's a lot in the show which is my favorite part that blends everyday items with items you would see in a lab so that it kind of gives them that opportunity to be like, oh, I know what that is. I know what that is. And then it draws them in and we can build on what they already see and what they already know. Right. And one of, the, one of my favorite experiments is, involves a blow dryer and a ping pong ball. Uh -huh. And it's such a simple thing. And those are two things kids can access pretty much probably in their daily lives, you know? And yet when we do this experiment, the kids' eyes light up as if they're seeing, you know, a Disneyland fireworks show, you know? And it's really exciting in that sense to see them get excited about such a simple element 
And yet behind that simple moment is a very complex scientific explanation, you know, for like you said, why the waves crash and why, you know, there's a, very, there's a complex explanation, but we simplify it in a way where the kids can say, oh my gosh, that, that's really exciting, you know, and that's, and that's the whole goal every time we do it. And, and just for any parent watching or listening, the, you made the comment that the, the ping pong ball and hairdryer and relating it to a, a Disneyland fireworks show, um, your kids are not going to want to go home and create fireworks. Trust me. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's the, that's the whole, like, they're going to want to do the simple stuff around them and do very basic fun. Everything we do is safe. That was a very important thing in our show. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Everything we do in the show is, is meant to be completely safe so that, a, so that a student is never put in a dangerous situation, you know, after watching what Jargy does. I'm going to try it at home and then create this issue. It's the exact opposite of that. It's the whole idea that these kids can go home and, and see very simple things around them and, and have some fun with it. And no, no Mentos and soda bottles where there's going to be a big mess or anything like that? We have something similar there. We do make a mess on on <laughs> on, sh on the show. We have a lot of big, colorful props, some really messy moments, but no Mentos and soda. Okay, so, <laughs> so again, a little bit more complex than that. Yeah. <laughs> so again, for parents listening or watching, you, you will have fun. They'll be safe, but have a broom nearby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. So, Jocelyn, again, as a theater nerd. I get science when it comes to like uh, light, sound, doing rails, and but other than that, science to me is kind of like one of those huge encompassing things where you, uh, when science people start talking to me, I just kind of like glaze over and go, okay, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> because it is, I mean, there's physics, there's chemistry, there's all this stuff. How did you narrow down what to put in the show? That's a, that's a hard question. <laughs> so it took a lot of uh, a lot of time when we were developing the show. Um, we wanted to put everything in, but um, but there's so much. There's so much. So we've chosen a few topics from chemistry, physics, and some weather concepts to highlight that we think do a great job of getting everyone in the audience to ask questions together. Because ultimately, that's our goal: is to get. The students and the parents and families there to be curious with us and to see where that leads us in our experiment. And so we've chosen the topics very carefully after a lot of workshopping and also workshopping in our community doing our local shows and seeing what students respond to the best and what gets us to asking questions the fastest. So it's kind of a greatest hits production, yeah. if you will, because we have four um, we used to have four in-school versions that would each focus on one separate topic. And so we kind of compared our notes from almost a year and a half of traveling those to schools and saying, okay, what, you know, what was the best element? And we put all those into this giant national tour production. It's, it's, it's a tried and true production in that sense because we've been workshopping it for these kids with real live audiences. And, you know, no matter what their background, where they grew up, what neighborhood, you know, they all react the same. And that's what's great. You know, yeah. kids are kids. And it doesn't matter what, where they grew up or what access they have to resources, they get excited about the same things. And that's what's really fun to see, too. They're genuinely excited about mm -hmm. it. And do you see this as sort of a stepping stone, I guess, for Jocelyn? Are you, do you see this as, as a stepping stone to a performing career or a stepping stone to a science career? Or is this, this have you found your love <laughs> and this is what you want to do? Both. Yeah. I mean, I think I did both before and I, they were separated and now they're blended. And I think that this is where my strengths 
work the best. I love to teach. I love science, but I love performing. And I find that bringing in a character and even having, we have, I have a lab assistant, Penguin, a little mascot. So like bringing in the creativity and the performing arts, something educational is really fantastic. I think that that's the best way to engage audiences, especially at this age, is to give them a chance for their imagination to run wild, but also have, give them an opportunity to explore these educational concepts and to explore the idea of being a scientist and what does that mean? Let me be creative at the same time. So I, I want to keep these together because I think that they feed into each other so well, and I love it. <laughs> well, it makes millions of things. We, I mean, this show has now led to yeah. where you're off to next. You want to talk about that? So I'll, I'll be going to the South Pole <laughs> in December as part of a program called Polar Trek, where they pair educators with scientists doing research at the South Pole. <clears throat> and they actually found us through Jardy the Science Girl. It's really funny. They saw an article written about the show in an airplane. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they reached out to us and, and, and offered, offered the chance to go. And so it's really great. And I think it, it reinforces the idea that this is such a great way to reach students because now that I'm getting the opportunity to go to the South Pole, I'll be able to reach a whole larger network through another area of science. Right now there's this whole polar science research area that I get to explore and communicate through Jargi's perspective and to reach younger students and let them know that this science exists and that they can grow up to do this type of research if they want. And have it all, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Because yeah. Jargi next week, uh, and then she's off for five weeks, and we're back, and, I, and then she gets back, I think, a week or two before Torrance. So, I mean, it's literally, you know. So you're going, you're going up there before you come to Torrance? Yes. So yeah. I, I cannot wait to hear about that. <laughs> and I'm curious, why a penguin? <laughs> so I love penguins. I, since I was younger, I would collect penguins. Anyone who knows me would gift me penguins. Um, this is Benjamin. He's a lab assistant that applied for us in 2017. Yes, um, and when we first were workshopping the show, I just brought a lot of my own sciencey things and fun props that kind of would reflect the character. And Benjamin was one of them. And he kind of just never left. <laughs> he nice. stuck, um, we picked him up as a mascot for the show. And the kids and the love kids him. Love him. He's mean, a they, true star. They cannot wait to like meet him afterwards. <laughs> and you know, they just little pat on the head. <laughs> Want to see him afterwards, even though he just sits there the whole time. <laughs> but they love him. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting because I, I had we actually just had a, a family show this weekend at the theater, and I was having this conversation with the, the cast of it. It was about how finding that right blend of entertainment for kids and concepts that kids can get, but also getting the parents involved. Steve, how hard is that from a producer's perspective and a director's perspective to, to make that meld so that you get... Because Jargi is as entertaining for children as adults. I mean, the parents are going to go there and whether they like it or not, they're going to learn something. Right. <laughs> it, you know, it's something that's always on my mind. You know, from everything we do, it's the way we kind of go for that, actually, is we don't make the show geared towards a child's eye. We kind of want to bring the kids up to a certain level. 
you know, so we aren't doing a show that's talking down to them. We put it a little above so they can reach out a little bit and, and bring them up in that sense. Um, but one of the things that we workshop the show is I'm always watching the teachers. I'm always watching their reaction, you know, because as we build the show and as a direct and get it ready for rehearsal, obviously since we have warm bodies in front of the crew, you're kind of hoping it's going to work and putting your experience behind it, thinking it's going to work. But if the audience tells you it's not working, then it's not working, regardless of how great you think it is. So I'm always watching the teachers and the parents and the adults in the room for the moments that I think are going to hit. And then when they do, it's a very exciting moment because, okay, that, that was designed for the teacher, the parent. I mean, there are, and there are some theater jokes tossed in there for theater people also. You always know who the theater people are because they're the ones that, you know, those are 10 people that laugh at this little inside joke kind of a thing. But yeah, it's important for us to make sure that it's not like the parents want to drop the kids off and just go in the back of the room and pick the kid up afterwards. It's meant to be a very engaging show for everybody so that the parents can be as equally excited about it as also. And that's why we don't do things like the Mentos and the soda bottles. Everyone knows that stuff. It's something new about that. So it's about doing newer stuff or exciting stuff or presenting it in a way where at least the parents can be surprised as well and want to talk about it with their kid with equal excitement. So it's very much designed in that way so that everybody has a good time for it. Awesome. And Jocelyn, with all the stuff that's happening in the world today, did was it in the back of your mind when you created this that you wanted to empower girls, or was it always just, I'm a scientist, I like to do shows, let's put on a show? You know, I think kind of both. I obviously, I love what I do, and I, I wanted to find a way to blend that. But also, I had a show like this when I was growing up. I didn't have a role model like this that showed that do science and theater otherwise I might have found this out much much sooner and so when I when we do do shows and we have students come up and that look like I did when I was little and they're from similar backgrounds as I am and they tell me that they're they want to be a scientist or they want to have their own lab it really puts it into perspective that we're doing more than just putting on shows and that means a lot to me because I'm trying to do what I wish I had and I think that that's what we need more of, people doing what they wish they had, the type of support they had, the type of representation they had as children so that our next generations coming up can have access to that. We just got back from a, a tour in Seattle. Um, we had a week of shows out there and we had parents, everyone was pretty much gone at this point. We were even, we were even like getting ready to pack up and, and leave. Um, but she comes out and meets everybody afterwards and, you know, is very accessible. So she'll be there until the last kid is there because, you know, she loves doing that. But we had a mom and a daughter um, come up and a uh, young Hispanic little girl. And the mom brought her up and said to Jocelyn, you know, I brought her here to see her on stage. So, you know, so, so that my daughter would recognize herself on stage. And it was so funny because we both like made icon. We were, our, we both got teary eyed because it was such a genuine moment. And even though that's always been, in the back of our mind while creating this, we knew that was an important element to it. To hear it said so genuinely by a parent holding her child's hand afterwards was just like, to know that impact was being made, you know, just from the advertising that they brought her to the show because they saw on the posters this young female Hispanic scientist and that that alone was a motivating factor. Um, it was a real special moment. And, and the eye contact we made were both like, we couldn't believe we were both tearing up at the exact same moment, but it really hit us, you know? And, and sometimes you get so involved in, the technical and the, and the work behind it, that it's easy to forget those elements to it. And then when someone brings that all back to the forefront, you reminded why you do this and why you love this and why it's so important, you know? This kind of goes to um, I, one of the questions I like to ask is, 
what what do you hope people walk away from the show with i mean obviously you have you want them to learn about science and you want them to feel or i guess understand that more and for young women hispanic or not but to feel empowered that they can do anything is there anything else that you want them to take away from it i think the one of the biggest messages that is important for me for the show is to walk away feeling confident to ask questions and to question things around you that it's okay to be curious and maybe not take things at you know first first glance like to ask questions be curious about the world you want to know how something works ask someone find out for yourself you know explore the world there's so much around us that is so interesting and that there's so much that's unknown um to ask questions and to feel confident and and to feel yeah like they're empowered to figure it out for themselves too because that's a lot of a lot of what we do in the show is ask questions and then some you know i don't always leave them to the answers i ask them for their input to get there so that they feel that they can do it too it's not always someone telling them what the answer is or telling them you have to do it this way but what are your ideas your ideas are valid so let's use them and it's, it's very interactive in that way like from the first minute of the show you know it's definitely not her on stage talking to the kids the whole time it is very much you know i mean the very first thing is what's your favorite thing about science and she goes to the kids and talks to them and finds out about that stuff and it's constantly getting callbacks from the audience and constantly bringing students on stage you know to be volunteers it's very much yeah it's them guiding the show with their excitement and their energy. And I think that's also a unique part of it too. And I, one of the, I heard once that science is, is mostly asking questions. Do you think that's true? I think that's a large part of it. I think that you're never done asking questions. Um, <laughs> well, I had a mentor in a lab once who told me that the way you know if an experiment succeeded is not if the data agrees with what you thought, but is if you have 10 more questions after it's done so you know that you're going in the right direction if you're opening up this wormhole of well what about this what about this what about this because it that's where we start to find out what we need to learn more about and that's true i think in science and just in, like society as a whole like let's ask questions about the world so we can figure out the next best step to take Awesome. And Steve, one of the things that the found the Torrance Culture Arts Foundation does, besides obviously present wonderful shows like Target Science Girl, is we try to mentor and and help young people, young performers or people who want to get into performing arts find their path. As a director, producer, you've been doing this a while. What words of wisdom do you have to young people who come in saying, I want to be an actor or a director or a writer? You know, uh, be brave and just take take advantage of any opportunity you can that is in front of you. And I think if if there's not anything around you, then, then create the opportunity. You know, one of the so uh, Phantom Projects, I created it when I was a teenager because the opportunity wasn't there for me. There was not an organization at 17 that allowed me to be taken seriously and direct and produce and do things. So I created it and I created the company. And I've been doing it for 23 years now. And I think the same thing here with Jarvis. It was, well, there's nothing out there for us. So let's create. But I think anybody out there who wants to get involved in that world, if you're not seeing something you like, then find people who think the same way and put something together on your own. Um, I think it's a great way to 
rather than saying, well, it's not out there for me, I'm not going to do anything and then give up on it, look for opportunities you can create on your own. Or if that's too hard sometimes, and it certainly can be, then you know, start making calls, but be brave and look for any opportunity you can to get involved. Because I don't think any organization is going to turn down somebody saying, hey, I want to be involved. I want to learn what you guys do. And we get that all the time here. People come in and think, I don't know much about this, but I want to try it. We say, great, let's put you in it. Let's get you involved. It might be a slow learning process, might be a fast learning process, but we would love to help develop and nurture, you know, much like you guys do and help build up young people in that way, in those opportunities. So looking out for it and being brave and not being afraid to ask and make themselves. And Jocelyn, how about you? What words of wisdom do you have to young scientists slash performers? I feel like it's hard to go after Steve because a lot of what he says is absolutely 100% create create what you wish you had or what you wish existed now. I would say to be comfortable with failure, which sounds so negative, but I think I one of the biggest things I've learned making Jardy the Science Girl is that failure is inevitable, but failure is just an opportunity to do something else or to address what went wrong. Failure tells you that you're moving forward, but that you need to tweak things. And I think failing just shows that you're trying and failing shows that you're ambitious enough, that you want it enough, and that you're willing to be in an uncomfortable position long enough to go to the next level. So I would say fail all the time as much as you can because it means you're trying. And the more you fail, the closer you'll get a win and the closer you'll get to, to something that you're proud of and something that, that, that has a lot of substance. Yeah, especially in this business as an actor, especially, I mean, you're going to audition for things, you're going to get turned down for 95 of them, but it's that 96th one that might be that big project, you know, and, and uh, or you might get the first one and, and really hit it off right away. But, you know, the business, I mean, you're either going to be two inches too short, two inches too tall, you're not going to fit the costume, you know, I mean, there's just so many yeah. things that are outside of your control. And once you grasp that and you understand that, you know, you just got to keep moving forward that and then one day it's going to come around. It could be, you know, that you always heard that, you know, overnight success, well, overnight success took 12 years, right. you know, and, and we don't see that 12 year work. We just see, oh, they came out of nowhere. No, no, no. They've been working on their craft for a long time. You've got to develop that craft so that when that time does hit, you're ready and you're, you're able to run with that success from there. So. Well, that's the thing, as you know, being in a, in doing in the casting process, it's like, you can't explain to the people afterwards why they didn't get the part, but it really is. It can often be just the minute little minor detail, like the size, or they didn't match up with somebody. So it's like, and going back to what you were saying, Jocelyn was it, and I don't remember if it was the guy who invented the light bulb or the telephone, but they said they've tried a hundred times and failed, but they create on the hundred and first time they. They made it, and and somebody said, "Well, how do you feel about failing a hundred times?" He goes, "No, I just found a hundred ways not to do it." Right. Yeah. And exactly. so, yeah, it, I agree. It's it, keep trying. Tell people why they have to come see Jargi the Science Girl. You have to come see Jargi the Science Girl because it is just a journey of like scientific theatrical magic. <laughs> we excited to share that we've put together and like taking the show to already national like nationally we're excited to get students in the seat so that they can be inspired so that they can ask questions with us so that we can meet the scientists in the community and go through experiments together have a great time 
and leave feeling connected and feeling empowered to, to go on and, and ask questions in science in our everyday lives. Well, and I think too, isn't, isn't it important that, I mean, it's, that it's not only entertaining, it's educational and the kids don't have to necessarily want to be scientists, Absolutely, but yeah. they can learn stuff that is part of everyday life that, that is just as important, right? Yeah, I think if there was ever going to be a misconception, it would be that the show is just for girls or just for kids interested in science. Mm -hmm. and, and, and neither one is true. Everybody who sees the show walks away excited about what they just you know, were a part of. Uh, and so there's definitely no element of this where, okay, it's just for my daughter. It's just right. You know, it's, it's not that at all. But there is, of course, that layer, like you mentioned in the first part of the interview, that, you know, so many science shows are done by male scientists. So we do have a different spin on it. But at the end of the day, you know, she's a real working scientist who just happens to be a performer. And I think people do forget that a lot. They see the colorful advertisements. You know, they see how she is. And they just think, okay, well, she's a performer who took a science class in high school one time. Well, no, again, she's going to the South Pole for four weeks. You know, they didn't invite me. <laughs> they invited her because that's what she does. And I think that's a part that people just don't always realize until afterwards that this is the real deal. You know, she's not a performer doing this. She's a scientist with charisma, you know, who, who is able to translate that into a very fun show. And I think that's what people walk away really excited about is if this, this is a real person, a real scientist who's combining her loves. And it's Jargi's energy is just so infectious. She loves the quirkiness, the character, the little bit she does that just makes her so accessible. I think that's what people really enjoy about the whole thing, just her energy that she brings to it that's able to translate. And it's all real. And I, you know, I'm with her, you know, we rehearse long hours, long days. And even when she's sick, not feeling well tired, as soon as the, the show starts and she's jargy, she can't hide that passion she has for both sides. And I think that's what makes it such a standout performance also is that it's also genuine and so real once she hits that stage that you can't help but be pulled into that and be excited with the character. Perfect. Well, thank you both very much for taking the time. And again, that's Jargy the Science Girl, Sunday, January 26th at 2 and 5 at the Armstrong Theater. Can't wait to see you guys and can't wait to hear about your time in, in the South Pole. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time, guys. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. guys. We'll see you in Torrance. All right.